mean, we've got time, so. We got time. We got time. All we got is time. And all we don't have is time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Afternoon FM. This is Matthew Zaytun here. Today I'm joined by Parker. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Thank uh, you. I'm co-hosted by John Cohen. What's up? We actually just finished uh, his, uh, his podcast a little bit earlier. Learned a lot about him, a little bit about his background. So you're going to be waiting for that episode. Um, yeah, uh, we're going to get into Parker right now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, this kind of just became something where, like, I saw your Instagram and you followed me and I followed you and I saw that you were doing a podcast and I was super eager to get on a platform just to, you know, talk about everything and just eager to network, you know. Yeah. And, and I was like, yo, I'd love to come on your show and you're like, I'd love to have you and that was kind of it. Like, that's kind of all that needed to be exchanged or anything. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's not, it's being open, man. I yeah. I, I want to be open to like you're creative. You're 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 creative in New Jersey, yeah, bro. Yeah, man. It's just like you know, this is a place, man, where everybody can they can talk their they can tell their story. They can like talk about their project. Yeah, yeah. They can just come on and shoot the shit about like it's not necessarily like a show, uh, you know, where everybody's trying to get each other's tea. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking. I don't know. This is not a visual podcast, so I don't think I could fucking do the practical jokes. No. Trying to move Forge, to Let the slip. record you show that he took, took a, a, in? Okay. He took a yeah, sip of tea. Let the record show. He definitely... Yeah. Yes. For all you guys at home, I took a sip of tea. Yeah. No, but it's like uh, fucking... <laughs> uh, it's just like... Uh, it's that platform, man. And at the end of the day, man, it ends up being like... What I love about a man is the recollection of like... People can... I like the little drum line. As the people, uh, people can really just like connect, and it's it's uh, it's a very giving platform. But we're uh, we're here to hear your story, and we're here to talk about some cool shit. Yeah, this yeah. man is uh, is it NG, NG, NJCU? Yeah, NJCU. I'm a fourth year uh, jazz student. I mm. play trumpet. Um, you know, I'm gonna have to do some extra time, but like I've noticed that in music school, that's like an unwritten rule. Unless you're like super on top of everything that like you got to do at least a few or at least one more semester. Oh, so yeah. I'm going to have to do a few more. That's uh, probably because when I got there, I was like super reckless. Like I was into like all this like partying and shit. And like I would have liked to have called myself a musician at that time because I played music. But like I didn't have the love for it that I have for it now. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I grew up in this area for the most part. Um, I moved around a lot as a kid, um, so I never really got to set roots down until I was in about second grade. Mm -hmm. And I set roots down in Clifton. Mm -hmm. um, I was like coming from Massachusetts and like moving a lot, so like I was like super angry at the world. What, uh, what, 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 what time? All right, let's go cycle it, back, cycle back. You're, yeah, you're yeah. living in Massachusetts as like a little kid. Like, yeah, what, uh, yeah. What uh, what, what's your upbringing like? Yeah. You know? uh, so I think before that, I, there, there's a very important part. Let's go. So, let's, let's baby steps, man. I have um, I have uh, two mothers. Mm. So my two mothers, um, you know, they split up. And there was a lot of uh, stuff involved there, and mm -hmm. I ended up going with one of my parents, right, mm -hmm. who is my non-birth mother, mm. right? So we were moving around a lot, and I say Massachusetts only because it was a memorable time. Whereabouts where in Massachusetts? 
Um, I think it was uh, somewhere near the Berkshires. I, I I believe it was Springfield, Massachusetts. Springfield, Massachusetts. So, really cold, like, fucking cold, dude. Like, super cold. Like, Massachusetts is, like, not terrible, but, like, rigid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was before music. I was always uh, just, like, a super happy kid, you know. And um, I, I got to meet some friends and stuff there. And um, I moved away from there and then back to there. And then to Clifton. Mm-hmm. And then from Clifton, like, I've been in Clifton. Aside from right. going to Jersey City, like, I lived in Jersey City. I had my own place with uh, somebody. And um, I lived in the dorms and stuff. But I've been in Clifton for a right. long time. Right. Right. So, you know, when I first got really? there, I was, like, you know, super angsty. Like, super yeah, all right. All right. So, yeah. all right. so we got an angsty kid in, in, uh, in Clifton. Where, uh, so you're in high school and stuff. What are you, what are you like? How are you getting into music? What is this uh, like? Uh, so when I got into music, it was actually in elementary school. Mm-hmm. When I um, when I was living in Clifton, it was the first school that I moved to. And amongst being a quote-unquote bad kid, right, because I was, like, doing all this shit, mm-hmm. um, I found music, or music found me. That's like, sounds cliche, but it's not, honestly, because I think music found me, and um, it was in this assembly, and, like, this dude played the SpongeBob theme song on the <laughs> trumpet, and I was like, what the fuck? Like... Mm what the fuck like it changed my life and not really necessarily the spongebob theme song because spongebob was the shit when i was a kid man so it was still like, the shit still the shit still yeah the cool shit. man cool yeah so <laughs> i'm glad that everyone still thinks the shit. That. i was watching spongebob last week none of the jokes we <laughs> not a fucking joke fan. okay cool cool man so uh it was less Class. about the fact that it was the spongebob theme song and i can just remember that moment in my life where you heard the SpongeBob. i, I heard theme the song. i heard the trumpet i think it was like not to discount the spongebob theme song because it's awesome but like i heard the sound that the trumpet made and like i remember my world changed immediately like a not you know no joke like my world quite literally changed um my eyes lit up and um you know i just you know, started playing and stuff, and, like, I would always, like, play in band class, and, like, then I would go home and play in the basement in the apartment that we were playing, and, like, Mm. it progressed through then, you Mm. know, and there's a lot more involved there, but I don't want to give away all my information uh, right now, so. Okay, fair enough, bro, we got time. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, we do have time. Going mad fast, you're like, like, no, bro, it's fucking good. There's a lot to expand on, I'd like to, I don't want to sound like Da, 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 da. It's How like did, a. What, uh, give me like the first baby steps of you actually learning the trumpet. Okay, so, um, fourth grade, there was, um, the assembly, and then uh, it was actually in third grade that I got the assembly because they wanted to give us time that I had the assembly, right? And then yeah. fourth grade is when I started playing. And I started to, um, to, um, you know, play, like, there's this book. The red book. Um, I think it's called Essential Elements, like the band book, right? Yeah, man. Hell yeah. So I had the same one. Yeah, yeah, man. It goes like red, and like I was just working through that, and like I just always became like super into it, right? And I don't think I was more into it then that everyone else was, but I was definitely like super into it, right? So we would play and stuff, and I would have band class like once a week, and we would have like a trumpet sectional, right? Because it wasn't really that. It was just like, try your best to make sounds on this instrument, and then we'll try again next week, right? So, you know, then, um, you know, playing that uh, through fifth grade, I started to get, you know, okay for my for my age. Um, and then, uh, 
you know, through middle school, there was something called the All-City Band, right? And it was like, since there was two middle schools in Clifton, right, uh, you kind of like audition and see, like, you get recommended, like, that was like the thing, right? Like, oh, shit. This motherfucker gone to the all city band, like oh my god, it's like, all right? city band, yeah, right. So it was like I was like in it. I think it was like all the years I was in middle school, right? And um, and then you know I really started to like jazz like towards the end of my middle school like music what, uh, career. What what are some of the albums that are that were influencing you to get into jazz? Uh that came when I was like in high school, right? Mm. But. A hundred percent moaning are bleaking the jazz messengers, right? Yeah, right. It's like if I had to say, like, if there's an album like Desert Al- Desert Island albums, like that one amongst a bunch more, but that one was the first one that really made me like understand, like, this isn't just like something that people do. This is like a, a life. life. Yeah, this is yeah. like love, man. Because like I was hearing Lee Morgan because he was on trumpet, and I would like blare it in my headphones th- walking through high school might i add like completely baked because i was like super like super like stoner like i was like selling weed and stuff and like cards and stuff selling in high weed school. listening just, to jazz just, baby. yeah man so jazz cabbage he was yeah. smoking jazz cabbage it's not a job it's a lifestyle <laughs> so, so i i would hear that and um you know a very very uh memorable moment was um when i was in high school in um in jazz band um uh, Jerome Jennings came to my school. He was at the time the director of the Juilliard Jazz Program, but mm. besides that, just a phenomenal, legendary at this point drummer. He's one of the guys that is like insane, you know. Mm. Uh, um, I, you know, we were playing and stuff, and like he told me, he was like, "Yo, man, like keep going, like keep doing this." So it was kind of like a I see you moment, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Whoa." And then I remember like listening to that album on my way to the bus, walking back like nobody could stop me. Like I was walking like on a cloud, man. And like he gave me all this stuff to do. And like I started doing that stuff. And the next time I saw him, I was like, yo, Jerome, like I transcribed part of the solo, like which means like you learn by ear and you play the solo and like you analyze what he was doing like over the chord changes. And like a chord change, a chord progression is like uh, essentially like a frame of notes that you can play and it changes throughout and it's all in a key which is like the blueprint for those chord changes it could be exchanged i don't know like on a bass level you know you, you're given like a set of notes in the key and then the chords are like a you know like a deeper elaboration i guess of the key and it could be Word. in the key or out of the key but yeah. i was like analyzing that stuff and i had no idea what i was doing but i was like into it man and like he would remember like it was to the point where he would remember me and he would be like oh like wow like this is crazy like like nah he wouldn't say that but he would be like surprised that like in this uh high school where most high school band kids are just like doing it because like they just want to be in band like he saw that like i wanted to do this like with my life Mm. because um and and there's more experiences like that um there was one time where uh, Christian McBride, uh, legendary bass player. Um, yeah, man, he's um, he's a, an amazing bass player. He grew up influenced. Uh, he's in Philly, like he was influenced by Ray Brown, a, a phenomenal legend, uh, upright bass player. And um, mm. he would like we would see each other at these master classes to the point where like he would understand and like remember me. And I think for a guy that tours the world 
and meets a lot of people, I think that meant a lot to me because he would like, to the point we would like kind of chop it up and like shoot the shit, kind of just like how we're doing right now. And yeah. it's like, it, it's like a super reassuring moment when someone like that you essentially look up to and it's like a hero in the jazz community could like see you, just see you, you know what I mean? How is the community of jazz? Is this, North, this is just northern New Jersey jazz community. Um, so there's a lot um, in New Jersey, right? So there's like a lot of sessions. Like there's uh, in Jersey City, there's a lot of sessions that are hosted around uh, where I go to school. Mm. There's one at Moore's Place. Um, that's like a bar that's like the owner, Miss Ruth, has been... Um, uh, part of the history, like she's uh, almost 90 now, and she's mm. been, she's ho had the bar since she was young, mm. and she's a part of the community. And um, another part of that is Winard Harper, this drummer. Um, he's a phenomenal drummer. He's done a lot of stuff, and they host a jam session there. And I'm gonna be that guy that like plugs. I'm actually hosting a concert there to like save the NJCU jazz program because they made mm. a lot of cuts. So like I talked to Winard and he said that he would be happy to help me. So I'm gonna be hosting a concert there to like promote the music. Cause you know, essentially it's not uh, to me really an assault on the program. I think it's assault on the music mm. in my opinion. That's from my perspective, right? But um, you know, there's um. What do you think? Wait, 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 hold on. Go back to that. Yeah. It's, what, what is what is the assault on the music? So they cut the master's program because of a lot of financial irresponsibilities for the board of directors at okay. NJCU, right? And um, they're taking away the master's program that is essentially closely knit to the undergrad program because they, excuse me, they like to a lot of times hire internally so like if you're a master's student and you show promise and that you want to teach they will then directly hire you from graduating your master's degree into being a faculty member at NJCU mm -hmm. and you will have your own band if you want you will give private lessons if you want and without that you're essentially uh, halting the progress of bridging the gap from uh, studying to instruction because I think um, it's very imperative for any jazz musician at any level to still learn if not privately but from going to sessions or playing gigs and like just having conversations with people just like always learning so. see that's where you and me I, I feel like jazz can only be taught out of a book bro see that's like the yeah. thing like jazz is like a fuck the book right <laughs> yeah he's giving jazz is like John, John I think I think jazz out. jazz is kind of like you know, I say cut the program. You, you know, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Music schools. Everybody, we, we, could, we could save so much money if we just gave them textbooks I think and taught it, them how to make jazz out of it. I think uh, it's, I think it's <laughs> quite the, the contrary, only because jazz is like, um, jazz is a thing where like, there's an app. Dude. There's one, there's iReal Pro, <laughs> fuck off, man. But, <laughs> but, it's called Jazzly. <laughs> there's, um, there's like uh, this like thing where like not everyone who plays jazz has this uh, knowledge of music, but kind of does at the same time. And I find that as a jazz musician, you have enough knowledge of music uh, where you can kind of like when you learn the foundation of chord progressions and stuff, it's important to know the theory and know the, the book. Yeah. But when right. you when you get to the point of being a jazz musician and like. Um, having bands and like playing with bands and like knowing the standards because that's what they call them like the mm. jazz standards right like the songs that everyone should know quote unquote yeah. right which is important but then you kind of get to 
make your own uh, dictation of like, I'm gonna play the chord changes, but like, I'm gonna do something like this to like, put my own sound on it. Mm. Where it's like, they don't, you can't really teach that. Mm. You can't teach that at all, really. Like, it, it kind of has to be something that's within you. It kind of has to be like this, like you were born to play music. Like, when you're at that level of playing music, in how, my opinion. How do, you, how do you feel about like, the tension between playing standards versus like, you know, and, and paying respect to like the old, the old masters versus branching out and, you know, like changing away from what jazz has been in the past, making new sounds. Like, yeah, that's, that's a great question. You know, like, like when Marcellus yeah. versus Bad Bad Not Good, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think um, previously what I was addressing was um, it's important to know the knowledge of music, right? And it's important to know where the roots come from, right? But I think then I would say even further that those greats were breaking barriers when they were making those things. So, and it's just, this is just how I feel that I don't think they may understand, not that they wouldn't be able to musically understand, but they wouldn't be able to, you know, uh, conceptualize where it goes immediately, although they're great and they would most likely be able to get onto it. But I think that they would be happy that people sure. are taking these strides to just like make this new definition of what sound is. And sure. If you're less, and, we couldn't have known that 808s were coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 808s are like a whole new thing. Yeah, 808s are like, you know, super like they're given like the connotation of like hip hop and like trap and drill music, but there's also a really good place for them. Uh, but um, a, a great example of that is uh, Christian uh, Scott. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I can't say Christian this. Scott. Dude, he is like. Oh, make, oh, like, oh I thought that was a fucking dude, genre. Yeah. Dude, he is I was like, like. What? I was he like, is like making like all these strides in jazz, and like he was is what I would like to say is like on the forefront of creation of music because mm. like he has a drummer that has like pads that does like trap snares and like trap 808s, but like he's playing line and like they're playing the music, man. It's yeah. like yeah, that that was like a, a great thing. But I was gonna say like, if you're at a gig full of dudes that are older than you and you got called to play standards, don't be mad at them for vibing you if you're not playing how it should be played. Yeah. And I think, to your own artistic discretion, you can kind of play outside and go back in, which that means you can kind of leave the tonal center, leave the key, leave the chords, but you have to return and kind of do it in a way that makes it seem like you know what you're doing and not that like you're just trying to do shit because right. like trying to do shit like is cool and that's like what jazz is but like there's like purists that will like always disagree with how certain people do things so it's like kind of just like this minefield of like do i play what the old heads want me to play because they've been playing with for so long and they probably know somebody because most older jazz guys have played with or know somebody, right? Yeah. So there's that, and then there's like, do I want to explore my own artistic exploration? Where it's like, I think if you're just listening and you're just trying to play with your heart and your soul, like you'll do both without thinking about it. And it sounds a lot easier than it is, but I think once you have that background knowledge on all that stuff, that you'll be able to... Um, you know, kind of do both and know the place. Cause it's like, at a jam session, bro, do whatever you want. I am like the person that's like, there's gonna be cats that are gonna like vibe you, but like, do whatever the fuck you want, man. 
Like, mm. you're only going to see them when you go to the session. And then, like, if they call you for a gig or if you're on a gig with them, it's probably just because you share the same or a similar skill set that they do. And you arrived in the same place as them for either a different reason or the same reason, but an underlying cause is there, you know? So, in my opinion, I think um, kind of just... Like, no, I don't know. Like, it's so hard for me to expect people to, like, know the moment. But, like, I think it's, like, uh, a complicated thing that it's, like, just play what you love. And if people don't love it, like, that's cool. Like, appreciate the insight that they're giving you from their perspective, but they're also not you. So it's, like, that kind of thing, you know. That, that was a great question. Man. That was yeah. phenomenal, dude, really. This is, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. It's, like. You know, I'm Speak really giving mind, some bro. knowledge Speak. here, I so love it's it, like, bro. and no, I it's, like, it's weird because I'm I'm like kind of new to the jam session. I'm not, I, I'm yeah, I'm new to jam session. Like before, like when I was exploring music, man, I would just I was telling in the earlier podcast was a, I would I was just a I was a Logic Nine just like beat guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And I would talk to people and we would compare each other's beats, but there's no like real like. The collaboration is like maybe I feed you a sample and we're flipping something a certain way. It's not necessarily as like, oh, you're going to like, oh, if you're, there's a vibe and you can pick up on the vibe. And I'm getting back into that uh, into that, that swing of... Uh, ah, no pun intended. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I'm tired. <laughs> it's crazy because that, that, I was getting into that. It's weird. I'm uh, uh, John is a, is a drummer. Um, I Yeah, we went, spoke, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when, when yeah. I, when I, what's it called? When I was... Uh, talking about it, it's more of a. It was easier for me to be able to like, all right, this is how like my drums are laid, and it was very like formulaic and very like robotic in a sense where you can quantize. And, yeah, you know, but you'll get that. This, you'll get you that get, from you, logic. That's the thing. You'll get though. it. You'll get it, and it makes like, oh, this is human sense. Bah, yeah. Bah, 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 bah. But like, there's no human aspect to it. And when I started to leave beats, I was just trying to search for like a human aspect yeah. of making it. So I grad, I went to the the, uh, the SPs and like the the hardware pieces because there's a lot of like human error in it. It's not like yeah. this is this is something that I can edit and like polish. It was just like. I just want to have like a raw thing like this. Like this has very, very minimal editing. Uh, you know what I mean? This yeah, is just yeah. us having a conversation. Oh, fucking. Um, but uh, yeah, man, to go in to have like different swings and to enter the jam sessions and shit. And it's strange because I'm not necessarily like trained in the like. You know what I mean? I'm okay at like keyboard. I like played it in high school, but like. Yeah. But I was like, all right, this is da 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 da, and I would study a little bit. But then I started to fall on a more visual one, and now it's this reapproach where it was like, all right, like this is like I'm going this at 16th, and it's like yeah, to be able yeah. to hear and pick up, picking up on vibes and different things has been as beautiful. It's a conversation in a different language. Yeah, yeah, I really like the fact that you said that because music is essentially language, man. I think the more that you speak it, the more you'll understand it, and uh, to even go. Uh, deeper on that, I think there are several different dialects of the language of music, you know, based on genre and like uh, everything else. But um, what I wanted to say was there's also a lot of opportunity for the human aspect of uh, drum machines because like we were talking before about like Dilla. Like Dilla mm-hmm. made, uh, I think, what, what was it, the NPC? Yeah, he made the swings. Yeah. He made the NPC sound 
like, like a, a human drum, drum, like a drum, yeah. because he was drumming on that machine, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think it was because I he like didn't quantize his notes. No, yeah, and then nah, it was because yeah. he kind of just left it to like what it was, and then he essentially formed this like niche groove, right? Because it was not even niche. Like you can apply it to most, like literally anything, probably, right? And like people are like, oh no, don't say that. I've seen it happen before. Like I've seen, I've been playing a gig with a drummer that I love to play with and then like we're going off and then out of nowhere he's like and then back to the swing where it's like yes that is like super experimental but like it fits because it's human it's it's human and I think I think it's human. I was just gonna say I think jazz is a is a very very derivative form of humanity and mm. not even to take away from it because it is not it it is culture and it is love and it is life but i think that the place that it comes from is um you know cuz not, not to get super deep here well maybe to get super deep it kind of comes from the human suffering that was going on from slavery man and it, it kind of yeah. is like it started off as like slave songs and then it turned into like more bluesy stuff and then it turned into like early jazz with like Louis Armstrong and like Bix and like those people and then kind of came uh, bebop and then you know there's like more there there was swing first like big band like Duke Ellington and like Count Basie and stuff and then there was like bebop which was like all right we have established that we are very good at this let's make it even harder so let's make the tempo incredibly fast and let's make their let's make a bunch of chord changes where it's like like it's that fast and then there was just you know there's a lot of stuff you know and it all comes from like these you know humans and pioneers of their art form to um to really just not only love but also perpetuate this music you know because it became huge and i still think that it is now but there's a much more like niche community for it so it's like you know, there's concerts, there's these crowds and stuff that you, if you go to shows enough and you go to jam sessions enough, you'll start to run into the same people mm. because it's like this community and it needs to exist because it's very functional to the human existence for us, you know, because mm. it's, uh, we, you know, that say, challenges we, the language. yeah, yeah, we, we also can't say, if we ever can't say something verbally, like if we're having a hard time articulating something verbally, it's, oftentimes coming out in our playing through mm. our spirit which is what i believe man i think you when you really get into it and you're like in the zone right like there's this pianist kenny werner right mm. and he talks about like effortless mastery right and he's like stop fucking trying just like be yourself and go into what he calls the space right which is like whenever i improvise Whenever I improvise, I don't want to put like a, such a weird ass, uh, accent on that. But um, no, good. whenever I improvise, like, but um, you enter this space. Like, I close my eyes when I improvise, so mm. I just like I'm thinking about the knowledge that I need to know to like get me through the tune, right? Yeah. Quote unquote, because I don't. You never want to just get through it, but you're also just focusing on the sound, 
that you are essentially because I think that you become the sound right like I as a musician I think you kind of become the sound that you're producing and hmm. I, and I, I've spoken about that to people and like when I say that to people they're like whoa like I, I think I thought of, I didn't I'm probably not the only person to think of that but when I thought of that I was like whoa that's like a really different way to think about things that provides you a freedom that you don't normally have because you can um, sometimes transcend technical knowledge on the instrument. You can sometimes transcend, um, you know, being in the moment. You can transcend all that by just, like, being in the moment and kind of just, like, being comfortable enough with your instrument to take these risks that sometimes they suck. Sometimes they fucking suck to you. And you're just like, oh, my God, what did I just do? But it's essentially just, like, exploring further out that much more. So you're like, okay, like, I can go out there, but I need to know how to come back because going out is a thing, but coming back is like, you know, going out into the space is like, yeah. I'm doing all this stuff, but there's also like thinking about the musical aspects of it where it's like, You're uh, traveling a little bit. Yeah, traveling and stuff. And like my, a good friend of mine, like after I, I was talking to you off, off air was, um, I had a session and I was like thinking about playing all the right stuff. Cause I was having like all these really cool cats come through, like, really great musicians and stuff and i was thinking about playing the right thing and then you know it's it's more about just like the intensity curve that's what they that's what a term that is used like the intensity curve of a solo where i i may not even abide by this most times i i sometimes i'm still like get gaining my you know my vocabulary out there yeah. where it's like start off Right for the podcast, I'm like making a mountain thing at the bottom yeah, it's of like the a story arc, at the bottom. Like it is very, it quite literally every, it is a story arc. It's right? crazy because the story arc appears in everything. It does, and it's and there's a lot of the a lot of the art forms are all completely relative. This is an art form I never really thought I would. I, actually, I didn't think I would. I've been trying to do it, but I've been always trying to find a form for this. Mm -hmm. It's been like a couple years of finding the form. Before it was like gonna be like you know let me like interview movies and then it's like there's like people who have their own vibes to shit but it's like this in itself is like an art form where we're having a story and it's like we're we're able to converse that shit is in a movie that shit is in a book that shit is in yeah. imagery it's in that shit's in life man it's, if you, I know that, like, it's this golden ratio that's like underlying in all of these art forms and it's like fucking it's nuts bro yeah yeah man I mean um. The story arc really helps, and I think when you think about the story arc when you're playing, if you think about it when you're not playing a gig enough, and the intensity is you, fucking yeah, so high. Yeah, because it's like if this you climax. if you start like all the way up here Sex. for the for the podcast, like I'm like above my head, like with my hand, like you gotta do a little foreplay. If you're if you're play, if yeah. you're all the way up there, a little XLR. Like that's this. cool, right? Like it's cool to start up there, but just know that if you start up there you have to grow past that and if you're starting to at, if you're starting your solo playing at your highest capabilities as a musician and you know for a fact that you can't go any higher at the moment because you're still learning i think you will reach this point of stagnancy where it's like everything is like uh blah 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 blah, 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 blah like you're playing all this stuff and I struggle with that as well. That's like one of the main things that one of my friends I was playing with gave me advice on where it's like, you play a lot of cool shit, but just pick your moments where it's like, start off like with little ideas, right? Boda. Boba dia, Yeah. It's a little bit like cooking sometimes. Like I've had some cooking, friends yeah. who were like, 
you know, I, they would like have all this like passion for cooking, but they would want to put like all the flavors into every dish. And it's like, no, no, you got to have a focus. And this is what you're doing this time. The next time you can use, you can, you know, make it a cheese thing. And this time you can make it like a sweet thing. And then the next time after that, you can make it like a spicy thing, Yeah, you know, yeah. but, but like, but like, you, you know, you have like, you need to have an identity you know, and you can switch it. You can play with it. You can like, yeah, yeah. You know, I think with soloing, I don't know if, if this is the way you think about it, but like, I like to. I always imagine. I'm, I'm feeling like, what are what are the expectations of the people of like the audience? Like, what? Hmm. Is, and sometimes you give them what they want. And sometimes you like, you know, let it out in front of them and then don't give it to them. Ah, and, that's yeah, great. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah, that's a great analogy. And what I will say is. Um, even if, um, let's just say, right, like, we'll just uh, analogize it, like, I'll analogize it to kind of piggyback off of you is, like, even if it's not one dish, right, like, let's just say, like, improvising is, like, a, a four-course meal, right? You're not going to just, like, stuff your face with, like, all the flavors at once, right? Like, you eat the appetizer first, and then you eat, I don't know what comes after that, because I don't have four-course meal, like, soup, <laughs> or, like, something like, and then when you're, like, really, like, when you are really enjoying the meal, it's when you get to the main course, and I think if you kind of, like, use that, I guess, as an analogy, where it's like, all right, cool, like, appetizer, let them compute, and then, like, you start to do more lines and stuff, and then, like, at the top, you're like, like whatever you know yeah like, that's the entree like that's the entree but yeah that's great and i think when when i because i i didn't forget about the other thing you said um when i improvise i sometimes like don't think where it's like that's like people are like oh man like you gotta think like you gotta like land on these chords and stuff and like yes that is all true right but I think when you have so much background knowledge, not saying that I am a person that can do this, I sometimes am able to do this, where you have enough knowledge, excuse me, before the gig about music theory and stuff, and you've played the tunes enough, you can kind of like not forget about that, but put that like in the back, on the back burner, where it's like, I already know. It becomes a feel thing. Yeah, where it's like, okay, like what's that sound that I just heard? Oh, like, are we on the A or are we on the B section? Or, like, are they just taking this harmonic detour that I'm following, that I'm leading them on? And how can we get back there, right? Which is, like, you know, I can say all these things super beautifully, but then sometimes when I try to play them, you know, they either work out and then they don't, or they don't work out. Where it's, like, you know, fuck yeah, like, let's have, like, some Wagyu steak in the middle of my solo. Like, let's have a bunch of shit. And then, like, all the steak is just like in the first chorus, and then you're like, "Oh shit!" Like, shit, where do I go from repetition here? Repetition makes validity. Repetition makes validity. Like you just repeat something enough to make a break or something, and then like try to figure it out. But it's like uh, it's all musical, but you know sometimes it's like not with the storyline, I guess. And like I am, you know, a culprit of this sometimes. I am, most times, you know, I'm not afraid to admit it. Like, I'm still growing. So it's like, the best solos that I've taken have followed the intensity arc. Not the intensity arc, but an intensity arc. And What's your favorite solo you've played and your favorite solo that, like, that you listen like, this is the best solo of all time? Okay, so, um... I think the one of the best solos I've played, there are, like, a few that I think, right? So, 
One uh, makes uh, it takes me back to um, I did a recital, uh, my friend's recital last May, right? And we were playing a bunch of really like killing tunes. Like we opened up with like um, segment by Charlie Parker. So like ba ba doo ba da ba da, but like super like heavy stuff. And I was like doing okay on that. And then like I was doing okay. Like we did a blues, and then like one of my favorite tunes at the time and still now like impressions by John Coltrane sure. right it came on like we played it it came on we we made it come on cuz we were playing it but I don't, but um uh we I was like super nervous beforehand cuz I was like damn like these cats are killing like they invited me to play with them and like I want to make sure that I leave a mark on this like a good one obviously right so like everyone solos like someone else I think I solo first or whoever solos and then I solo, right? And I'm just like, I don't fucking care about anything else right now. Like, eyes are closed, like, in a suit and tie, like, in this crowded bar. It's fucking hot as fuck. I'm sweating. Fuck it. We're in the moment. And I just so happen to, non-ironically, have followed the curve of intensity. Yeah. My curve of intensity, where it's like, you give a little bit, little bit, little bit, and then by the middle, like, I'm cooking, man. Like, we're like... We're cooking. Like, it's to the point where people are, like, cheering. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, woo, woo. And then I, like, wind it down. And, like, when I finished, like, it was just, like, everyone knew that that was the end of this very momentous thing. And they just all started applauding. And I, I don't think it was the magnitude of the applause, but I think it was just the applause itself. Where, like, people were, like, that was a moment that I was in. And it was a thing. And I appreciate that moment. And, like, I'm not going to discount it or exaggerate it. Like, everyone went kind of nuts. Like, everyone was like, yeah, yeah, woo-woo. And I kind of was just like, I looked at my friend who was, like, the horn player. Like, the other horn player, uh, Jalen Shiver, great alto saxophone player. I'll, like, send this to him and be like, oh, I put you in here, like, 20 minutes in. But um, I looked at him because, like, you know, he's a phenomenal musician so like some like we him and i are friends but then sometimes i'm like at this learning space from him because like he's my age but he's such a phenomenal musician where it's like i'm gonna see what i can like you know absorb from what you have to offer right so i looked at him and he was like he was like don't fucking look at me man that shit was like he was like that shit was amazing like he gave me like the nod he was like he was like don't even look at me like mm -hmm. but the that was my favorite one of my favorites there's also more like recital stuff and like concert stuff where like i'm just super loose and feeling that one's super memorable and then for my favorite solo of all time that you know it's it's very very like it's close man because i've got like Lee Morgan on the Monin album, on the title track Monin, mm -hmm. because that solo, like, I play some of those lines, man. I transcribe burr, some burr, burr, of burr, burr, Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. That, those, like, like, the everything, man. Like, the feel, the articulation and stuff. And then there's, like, these new cats. Like, there's this new cat, Benny Benack, man. And he's, like, super, like, post-bop, like, super, like fucking like white dude in a suit playing a bunch of jazz gigs and like he's like seems like he's coked out i don't know if he is or not but like <laughs> he's like he's like super like that's how like he's amazing right and like he's got solos on albums like there's a uh, alexander claffy good spirits like he has a solo on multiple tunes where i'm like oh my god dude like one that stands out to me is like um fucking like uh Beeb's lament 
I don't I haven't heard of that as a standard. I think that that's like Alex Alex Claffy's tune. Um there's uh you know there's fucking for the great I can't remember it, but there's many solos on that album or where he's like this dude who's like out here, like legitimately out here in New York now doing things with jazz and essentially like putting a really good, you know, modern take on it. And then like you know, there's other cats out here that are like, you know, like super crazy where it's like, you know, like Gibt and Jelen, or I may have mispronounced mispronounced his name, but he's like this guy who went to Juilliard and he's like playing a lot of shit in New York now and he's amazing. Like his solos and stuff like I think like and his solos on his album are phenomenal, but I think I like him at jam sessions more. Where it's like I see a video of him and it's like you like weren't thinking about anything, but like playing the music and like he I'm not taking away from his skill set at all as a musician because he's a phenomenal trumpet player like there's nothing uh, there's no doubt about that but I think I I really admire the natural experience of improvisation where it's like you can kind of tell that someone was like this is how I feel but yeah those are some of my solos I you know like I, it's hard to say what, yeah, what about there's you so many good, what, what about, about you? me my yeah, favorite yeah. solos yeah oh man um well there's 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 an <laughs> album i i really yeah. listened to a lot in college <laughs> called floating point by john mclaughlin okay i i don't believe i've heard of that I, yeah it's okay it's okay you know, you know john mclaughlin i'm not gonna be that guy that's like oh yeah man like no I'm that's not- okay so so john mclaughlin he's like he's like a, a well-known guitar like kind of jazz fusion guitar guy for for people listening and he did this whole set of records with indian jazz musicians and i don't even remember the guy's name who's the drummer on that album it's just like because indian if you know anything about like indian classical music like the rhythms are really way more fluid than the rhythms in western music like indian music is way more complex oh for sure yeah they don't Um, even abide by like the 12 tone thing they don't do 12 tones and they don't do beats they do groups of notes instead of having like quarter notes so it's very fluid and the drummers on that album just blew me away. I don't even remember the names of them. I, I knew them at some point when I was in college. I haven't listened to that album. And you, it's hard to find that album, actually. It's not on Spotify. Oh, shit. It's, not, it's like hard to actually find that album. Is it, is it on, dot is it on <laughs> Apple Music? Do you think it's on Apple Music? Or? It might be on Apple Music. It's called Floating Point. Floating Point. Floating Point. Um, there's also... Um, there's uh, the keyboard solo on... Um, Oh my god! Damn! I just showed this. I showed this solo to you. I showed this solo to you a couple weeks ago, and now I on on Lingus by Snarky Puppy. I found it, dude. Oh, you found it? Yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, The first two songs are are fire. Okay, there's cool, a yeah. like a Baji for Ali Raka or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Amazing, I'll, amazing. I'll give it a listen, man. It's yeah. a, it's a cool album. You got to get over like John McLaughlin has a very '80s kind of sound because he does like guitar synth. He doesn't do guitar. Okay. So you gotta you gotta yeah. get over that a little bit, but it's the musicianship on that album's incredible. I'm also like super into like Chikorea, so like I'm. Oh cool. yeah, then, yeah, like, then you'll I'm be down for cool. it. Yeah, yeah, man, sure, like, sure. Humpty Dumpty man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, dude. But yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. This is no. Like, I mean, yeah. I was I was gonna say I I remember the first time. I remember specifically the first time I watched the video on YouTube of Lingus. It was the first time I saw Snarky Puppy. Oh, God. Was, and, and I just, like, just watched it, and I was like, what the fuck? I just played it again and played it again and played it again. Like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> These dude, guys yeah. are rocking. <laughs> I, yeah, man. I mean, that, like, Corey Henry is, like, 
I don't even know, man. Like, yeah. I don't even know yeah. how to describe it other than, like, oh, my God. But, yeah, that's definitely a great solo. Like, that's a definitely a you know a great the, the, thing. the keyboards the keyboard solo is just incredible you see yeah, just like and it doesn't have the curve i was thinking about this this whole time that's why i came up because it doesn't have the curve it just it starts slow and it grows but it like it doesn't have a peak and then wind down it just keeps going and keeps growing and keeps growing and then when it can't grow anymore then the band comes in so then you can keep kicking it more yeah, and man, it keeps I going think, with it i think <laughs> I, I totally agree with you man like i went on that whole thing about like the intensity curve and i think that's just probably because as far as my personal development goes like that's what i need to think no about i mean more, it's smart for sure it's, but it's also like you bring up a super valid point where it's like there's so many solos that didn't follow that where it's like they're still amazing and i think I, I appreciate you for saying that only because it inspired me to think like just fucking do your thing man and yeah. like come out guns blazing but just keep it guns blazing like I think it's because he maintained that sort of like insanity yeah where it's like that I think for lack of a better intensity curve quote unquote right yeah it's like it wasn't much of one but it was like insane throughout the whole thing so it was like it kind of maintained that sort of like crazy thing man so it's like yeah. And I also like a lot of subtle stuff too. Like I'm a, I would call myself a pocket drummer. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, yeah. so like I don't, you know, I listened and I was really when I was a kid, I was really into Buddy Rich and Keith Moon and all the oh, big yeah. drummers, you know. But like, but I like a lot more, like, like just little little notes, little beats, little just accents here and there. Like it's kind of like I, you know, a lot of the. You know, like, I, I think a lot about, like, what Hiatus Coyote does. Like, they have so them, much dude. subtlety in their music. I fucking love them, dude. Yeah, and, and that is, it. they're not showy, you know, but they're they're technically, what they're doing is, like, it's really insane, hard. Insane, yeah. But, yeah. It, but it doesn't feel showy at all, and I feel like that is, you know, way more than, like, like, Compared to like a Maynard Ferguson, you're a trumpet player, you know, where like oh, he's dude, like don't even he's get all he's all show showy and, and fireworks <laughs> and look how high of a note I can play, and it's like the opposite of that. I have a, I have a trumpet instructor um, that I study with. Uh, I don't know if I should name drop him now because he's like he said some like shit where he was like, oh, Maynard Ferguson is like undeniably a phenomenal trumpet player, but like all his later stuff was definitely marketed towards like I can play high notes. Yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, man, I forgot what I was going to say. I think I was going to say, um, what were you saying before? We were I'm talking sorry. about the intensity curve and, uh, it, like, there's different shapes it can take. And we were talking about, like, like complex versus subtle solos. Oh, yes, Highest yeah. Coyote, right? Yeah, Highest Coyote. Thank you for reminding me, man. I think, um, I think it was because, um, you know, it kind of goes back to, you can obviously disagree with me if you do, but I think it kind of goes back to... If you have enough knowledge that it becomes a natural thing for you to just do all this crazy shit, it sounds so chill, but then, like, I sometimes, like, go to pick up my horn and, like, follow what they're doing, I'm like, oh, shit, they're, like, do they're, like, doing this, like, they're, like, in this thing, where it's, like, and they do sound so chill, man, like, they sound, like, I think, like, what a lot of people go for is, like, that vibe. And, like, I, at one point, I was, like, I want to go for that vibe. But it's, like, do I want to go for that vibe or do I want to go for that freedom? Mm. That's the thing where it's, like, because their music is fucking phenomenal, dude. Like, I listen to their music and I'm just, like, wow. And, like, what I like about them so much is, like, people who don't know much about music are, like, this sounds so good. 
and like I'm like kind of looking at them like word like this yeah. does sound so fucking it, it good. It translates. Like, it's it's really complex music, but it translates to people who aren't in like deep in jazz. It's, I think uh, that's somehow the goal. It transcends. I, I think that's the goal, man. I think like you know not the only goal, but I think that's a huge thing to attain. Where it's like like wow like my music may be uh super super duper complex and it could be interpreted as deeply or as shallow not shallowly or as non-deeply i guess for lack of a better term at the moment but at any level it's enjoyable and i think that is what i enjoy about music and life dude because it's like you want to wake up every day and like completely be like super ignorant and not do anything like you're gonna enjoy yourself, mm-hmm. but you can also enjoy yourself by being super perceptive of the world and trying to make those small differences and small changes that will make your life that much better. Where it's like it could relate to everything, like music, life, dude. Like, because I think music and life are super like intertwined. Though. Sure. Like, but yeah, dude, this is like a phenomenal conversation. Like, I'm like super digging this. Like, an afternoon FM. Take bro. a moment yeah. to like, yeah. Afternoon it, FM, bro. Uh, do you think it'd be cool if I like took a moment to like talk about the stuff I do in Jersey City? Talk like, about whatever you want, bro. Yes. This is, a, this is all. This is all. This is this. You're my guest, bro. Yeah. Thank you. Thank no, you so yeah, much. Oh yeah. Fucking come back. This. Uh, I will. T- this is yeah. like amazing, dude. Yeah. yeah. Both of you guys are great, man. <laughs> dude, you Thanks, individually, man. each of you, man. No, wait. Yeah. Wait for the jam session after this. Oh, it's gonna be uh, sick, dude. Yeah, uh, stay yeah. tuned, man. Yeah. Stay hell yeah. Stay tuned. Um, stay tuned. Joined by John Cohen. <laughs> yeah, man. We got Parker in the building. Do you yeah, go by yeah. any stage name or is it just, uh, just straight- Parker, man? Just <laughs> Parker. Just like <laughs> <laughs> Parker. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know Parker. They're gonna be like, oh, well, uh, yeah, man. I mean, um, Tommy Parker, the, no, the, the Parker, <laughs> but um, Charles Parker, Charlie Parker, Charlie Parker. <laughs> no, but that may be a different dude. Say. But um, I feel, I, I feel like I'm like, I, I thought I was like kind of a jazz nerd. Like I was like, I was like, all right, yo, I was like, I could talk some shit about Rashawn Roland Kirk and shit and fucking like uh, you know what I mean, like Kalakuti and shit like that. But you guys are all like a whole different like. You're like, yeah, bro, the drum solo on <laughs> fucking. I'm oh, like, all right, word. I'm like, yo, yeah. fuck yes. I, I think, I think this it, is the beautiful part of it. Yeah, I think it, it does ultimately derive from like this appreciation that we have for the music, man. And like, I'm not. It's not like people would like to think that it's like an elitist thing. And sometimes, like, if people, no, it's a love, if people bro, don't it's a, understand it's like it, like watching like, a flower bloom, bro. I, I can sometimes like, and I can't. I'm not gonna lie. Like sometimes I'll like. I'll like fake gatekeep shit from my friends and be like, yo, what song is that? I'd be like, shit, you wish you knew. But like, I'll give it to them. I'll give it it's, to them. It's, yeah, it's but, like, uh, it's weird how I got into music and actually what led me into art in general. And I always credit this shit, man. It's my fucking, my cousin. Uh, back in the day, like, there were like iPods and shit. Yeah, like I had a the shuffle, some, like yeah, the fucking I, nano. I like. got like a nano when I was younger. And uh, I had this shitty one. I had this, like, old, old one. Uh, and I fucking, uh, this is back, bro. Like, my cousin, my cousin used to collect shit. He was, like, one of the first few dudes. Before torrent sites were torrent sites, my cousin had, like, a thing where you could pirate. It was called What.CD. 
and it was this like uh, very niche music community where you could find like unreleased Fishbone and shit like that before okay. like before like the Kickass Torrents and fucking like LimeWire had his shit like oh, LimeWire is where you got the singles and all the singles. Dude, this had, is like all had before ads my and time, shit dude. on them. This is yeah. like all before my time. But dude, I know what it is. But yeah, it's but like... my cousin kind of gatekeeps, but he fucking uh, <laughs> you're like he's he doesn't he doesn't gate, dick, he tries like... to turn you on to it, bro. But it's like. The, the whole shit that actually kind of made me a little bit of, like, the person I am, man, is fucking uh, a lot of it, too. I still listen to the shit because it, it turns you on to different, like, things. But, my like, I developed my music taste. My brother had his own music taste. And my cousin had, like, jazz and oldies, 50s. Like, my, my uncle is uh <laughs> is the only, like, New Jersey DJ. He's old as fuck. He's not, you know, obviously not really DJing anymore. But DJ Teen Angel, he was this guy who, uh, he, uh... He he just he sung he was in a doo wop band in, in Patterson in wow. the 1950s. Wow. And uh, yeah, and he fucking uh, he DJs vinyl and he would just go around. Then he would just he'd do all the doo wop like Dion and like the old shit. Uh, my cousin turned me on to jazz, man. But like I remember specifically one night I uh, I fucking left. Uh, I had an iPod. And I had like the older iPod, so it would be hard for like shit to transfer over, like the data. It's like an old USB drive, you know what I mean? Like trans, yeah. So uh, I had to leave it on his computer like covertly for like 48 hours. And fucking, uh, I got like, I think like 160 gigs of fucking music. And it's kind of like, it's just because he has such an eclectic, not even eclectic music taste. It's just he has such a vast music taste that it got me into like Ethiopian jazz oh, and like shit, you know dude. a lot of like send that my way, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you, know, you need to listen if you it's haven't like, listened. Like, who's the real If you haven't listened to Ethiopian jazz, man, you need to get on that shit. Oh my god, it's so good. I've heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Uh, yeah, but, but what are you up to though? See, but as far as music, or as well, far you said you wanted to talk about what you're doing in Jersey. Oh, City. I did. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't want to at all get in the way of like this thing, like this great thing. Hey, man, how's it going? Um, I didn't want to at all get in the way of your thing because, like, ultimately, like, it's bringing the experience more intimate because the more we know about each other, the more it's the beauty yeah. of it, bro. Yeah. So for the record, bro, I don't even know. I didn't know who you were before this. Yeah, man. I yeah. mean, now you know, man. Exactly. I, no, I know. But look at how deep the conversation is dug. Yeah, yeah. Look at how beautiful, like, and just like how much, to, how much you could all share. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, more about what I'm doing is just um. Go, go right in. Go if you want to go in the plug uh, mode, you can go in the yeah, plug dude, mode. Yeah, dude. I'm not gonna do full plug mode. I'm gonna do like medium plug mode, medium plug mode. Medium right? plug so, mode. I do um I do a, a decent Ooh. amount of stuff in Jersey City. Um, I play with a group. Uh, we don't have a name yet, but um. I know that's not very helpful, but we play a you lot, so it's like um, <laughs> you'll find us in Jersey City. Yeah, so it's We're like uh, jazz I'll, in I'll go City. and name the band. So it's uh, Tyler Lopez on drums. Excuse me. He grew up in Jersey City. He studies with me at NJCU Jazz. Uh, he's a phenomenal drummer, really one of my favorite, if not my favorite drummer to play with. Honestly, I love him so much. He's like a brother to me. Mm. Uh, these guys are all like brothers to me, right? That we got super close. Uh, Funny enough, doing that recital that I was telling you about, like one of my favorite solos, right? Because those are my boys. Like, they, I feel super comfortable with them. So, um, then we've got Ahmad Bradley on bass, quite literally one of my best friends in the world. Great guy. Grew up in Patterson in this area, right? Upright bass player, electric bass player. Um, we've got Gustavo Carballo on guitar. Phenomenal guitarist. Grew up in Central Jersey in like West Bubblefuck, wherever. I don't know. Sorry, Gus. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, he was, he's like super, he's like a young cat, man. And like he's really doing it. Like he's really out here playing and shit. And um, 
we play a lot together. It doesn't, like, essentially, uh, the context of the gig doesn't really matter. We've done many different gigs. Um, we've done, uh, we did, like, this NJ Pack sponsored thing in the park in Newark. We've done, like, a Maplewood, Maplewood gig, uh, you know. Um, uh, we've done multiple things, right? But um, recently, I, I've started hosting an open mic in Jersey City at uh, the Jersey City Loft, which mm. is, like, a super up-and-coming, like, they're, like, a lot of things are being done there, and like I'm hosting an open mic with my friend Dan Self Perpetual. Oh, word! Um, yeah, okay, that's word. my boy. Yeah, so um, we're doing that. Um, I'm also, like I said before, I'm hosting that concert at Moore's, um, and there's more to come. In I mean, I played at Pet Shop, which is a bar downtown. I really like it. They really loved me. Everyone there loved me. So like, I might be playing there more. Um, you know, I play a lot of jazz. I play a lot of um, neo soul. I'm rapping. I did. I do spoken word. I mm. sing. So it's kind of just like wherever the do music. You do all at the same time. I've that done in the same set. I've rapped, played jazz, and sung. Yeah, yeah. All right, but. <laughs> so, at Pet Shop, yeah. I, yeah. I, and it was like a 20 minute like. It was a huge thing, man. Like where I advertised, like I made posters, and like a lot of people came to see us, and nice. like. Not only that, but just like the community, man, like the immersive community yeah. of artists that is in Jersey City. And now that I'm discovering about here, man, because I'd oh, love to show well. my face more here, man. I'd love to come yeah, around here. I was going to say, more. when y'all going to play a show prototype? Dude, let's do. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah, I'll man. hit the boys up. Yeah. Like, I'll, yeah, man. So let's get it rocking. We'll do it, man, for sure. We'll get people. We'll set up like a cover charge or something. We'll get some drinks going or something like off the record but um you know because the whole liquor license but uh, um, there's no liquor license bro it's a, just a myth just fucking suggested donation i guess but um, yeah, i want to put the <laughs> but, <laughs> but um yeah but that and um yeah i'm just uh my instagram uh i'll do it now like uh p g o d dot one p god one is like kind of cringy but like it's been my instagram name he's for the a god. long time no he is i'm the not god one he is the first god i don't i don't align myself there was the first p god but there um, are other gods after parker but, but it's he is a, the first p it's god. A, <laughs> but um it's uh that's my instagram i post a lot of stuff <laughs> in my playing like i have a lot of stuff set up there I have a lot of highlights going. I post a lot about my gigs on my stories, mm. and it's like super informative because like I'll make it super like formal and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, you know, um, I'm doing this now and I'm doing this, and like when I get super busy because I do get super busy at times, I'll have to like post something of a picture of me or like a video or something, or most likely a picture. But then I'll do like a bunch of like. Like this date, I'm doing this. This date, I'm doing this here. This date, I'm doing this. like a bunch yeah. of like all the dates, and then closer to the dates, I'll individually advertise the dates, and I, it's worked, man. It's it's worked a lot. Where Word, it's like I've yeah. grown a lot, man. Where it's like a year ago, like I wasn't doing anything like this, and now I'm like on a podcast. I'm like playing gigs and stuff, and yeah. like people are like. You know, in the it's community, community man. in it the really, community, it really is community. In, in the community that is uh, NJCU Jazz, um, I've heard not only from other people around me, like my peers, I've heard from the instructors that like people are starting to look up to me for like this example that I'm setting, and I'm not at all putting myself at a, on a pedestal, but it's like I nah, I want to say compared to where I was two years ago to now i think if you really want to change you can change but you just have to want to do it and you just have to hold yourself accountable to doing it and it's something that people have heard so many times but i'm an example of it i'm not the most successful man in the world now but 
I, I don't know if I will be, but I'll be very successful because the way that I'm, the trajectory that I'm on right now is only leading upwards, you know? So it's like, you know, just fucking like, even if you have to write it down, like, what do you not like about yourself? What can you do to change that about yourself? And what are you currently doing to change that about yourself? Even if it's like two things, even if it's one thing, like, I don't like how I do this. All right, why don't I like that? How can I change it? change it if you don't like it that's what matters because you're always going to have people say like oh no like it's cool man like we accept you that's great being accepted is great but there's a difference between being accepted and not being your best self because being your best self will ultimately get you so much love and acceptance because you're being so authentically you so it's like just be yourself uh do everything just literally do everything like even if you don't like it even if you don't like it in the moment you learn if you like it you keep doing it like even if it sucks like go to jam sessions if you're a musician like i am a fucking culprit of that like i'm preaching but i need to actually go to more jam sessions and i will after this like we're going directly downstairs we're going to go, upstairs to uh, upstairs oh yeah upstairs shout um, to to go to, uh, yeah shout out, shout out to prototype man but go to jam sessions like record all your playing literally like Besides, like, your rudimental stuff, besides, like, your long tones and stuff, and even record that shit, dude. Like, record on your phone and, like, listen. Because if you don't listen, no one else is going to listen to that degree of yourself, right? Where it's like, I played at a jam session and I fucking hated how I sounded, but what do I really hate about that? Do I hate how I musically approached it? Do I hate how I humanely approach do i hate how i approach it from a humanity standpoint or do i hate where i was psychologically at the moment because then you can kind of like get super deep into it and like change how you do things and you can kind of just like change how you operate from those super intimate details and like it's you know it's been very good for me it's been something where it's like um i fucking hated this so much um I'm going to listen to it even if I hate listening to it. What can I take from it that I learned that I like doing? And what can I not never do again but never do again in that way that I hated it? So, and even if it's like I literally showed uh, you, I showed you, uh, what's your name again? I'm so sorry. John. John? Yeah. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'll get I'm really sorry. Okay. Um, you can make up good. a name. I, I, showed him, I showed him a, 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 like a 50 second clip of me, right? At a jam session. That recording that I recorded was like 40 minutes long. And I wasn't playing for the whole 40 minutes, but if I get 50 seconds out of 40 minutes, I think it's a victory because then you can apply that knowledge to the rest of your playing. And it's like, or even like, I'll take it to the world, man. Like, even if you're not a musician, like if you, if you're like anything, give me like a profession. I'm gonna like, what's a profession? Like, a what? Give me any profession, like. uh. I would say David Blaine is professional. Okay, I don't know why David, David Blaine. Blaine. So is the as first as one. a magician, right? That's what he is, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, cool. David Blaine is a so guy's a professional. He sees his sets, right, or his shows, right, and he uh, records them, or they're recorded by many things already, because he's at that level of his career where it's like insane, right? Um, he can watch it over again and see anything that he didn't like. Like, I don't like how I addressed the crowd in this way. I don't like how I segued into this trick. I don't like how I did this trick. You can look at it and change it, but it takes the practice to change it. It takes like being in the moment and being like, I remember I didn't like that. 
so I'm gonna do it differently while still doing it. You know what I mean? Like you're doing it, but you're simultaneously perceiving that you want to change how you do it. So you change how you do it while you're doing it. Do you feel like that's an essential task of being able to review, or do you feel like there is a there is a specific moment? So like in acting, there's a different, there's a couple different like uh, uh, techniques of how to approach it. There's like Stanislavski. There's like the Meisner method. Yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, there's improv, and there's all these different things. This is a completely different medium. Stanislavski is like, uh, and then, then there's the method, uh, which is the least method, method. The method yeah. acting is. Uh, I think that's the most. Is that's when you're yeah. you're really like you know like I'm playing. Uh, I I am the character of Thelonious Monk and. Ah, like, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, like, and I think. This, um, yeah. I think it. I am John Coltrane. And yeah, yeah. Pain. You know what I, I mean? Like you are this. You are the. But that's a that's. An act is an act. I was gonna but, say, uh, I, I but think Stanislavski has this thing. This where method, you, you, yeah. Uh, the the me- uh, Stanislavski has a recollection thing where it's uh, you are the the son of a divorced parent tree, so you are recalling yourself in these situations, so you're bringing on these feelings. Do you uh, find it yeah, like that? Yeah. And then there's uh, also uh, Glenn Close, I believe. I think Glenn Close is the is the godfather of the improv in terms of acting. Okay. The improv, yeah. like, the, the one that taught, like, uh, like Second City. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I actually could, I could be wrong with the footage, but in Second City, uh, which is all an improv thing, this isn't acting, uh, is a yes and. Oh, yes. A yes so, and, like, as if it was music, there's the philosophy of yes and, and then there's the philosophy of, like, say, uh, because I feel like all mediums are all transcending at one time. Uh, there's the philosophy of fucking, like, the Stanislavski thing where it's like, I, I recall feeling like fucking John Coltrane. And ah, okay, cool. Or like Nas and Omatic, and I feel like that's like a... Questlove kind of plays like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Questlove plays like that a lot. Well, he'll be like, I, I'm going to be like this drummer at this place, and like that's yeah, kind of how I, he plays his... I just, yeah. I want to, not to interrupt, I just want to gain a little bit more insight so I can answer your question to my fullest extent. So you mean, is there a certain way to go about reviewing yourself? Is yes, that, yes. Um, okay, so I think what like, I... Uh, but there's also the people that never review their takes. Like see, Jay-Z but, is a one, sh- like he'll review his takes in like an album, but in ter- not necessarily the one take whatever. But he just does his whole shit. In one I take. I think it's like, um, and that's his like release, and that's what it is. See, I think I don't I don't have any aggression or any judgment towards Jay Z for doing that. But I think my personal thing is like this is separate. This is separating me completely from Jay Z because he seems like an alright guy. But yeah. like I just you know He's doing okay. Yeah right. But um I think in order to be your best self as a musician, creator, person, whatever you are, right. I think you need to perceive yourself in the way that you would like to be perceived. Where mm. it's like, I you could use those methods, right? Where it's like, okay, uh, this is like me on a bash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like you. You could be like, okay, like, am I going for something? Because I think when you transcribe solos, which is again like listening to the solos and playing them by ear, and some people write them down, some people don't. You're trying to emulate that, right? So that's almost like the method that you were telling me about, like getting into the brain of John Coltrane, right? Mm-hmm. And I think musicians use this uh, term of channeling, right? Because you try to channel the essence of John Coltrane or whatever, right? But I think that we essentially do that to gain the elements that we love and that were super, super impactful of music, right? So it's like, 
if you do that about other people and yourself, dude, you'll become like this endless plethora of knowledge for yourself. And then upon uh, working and publishing, publishing, you'll become this endless plethora of knowledge for other people. Just how legends have, you know what I mean. So it's like, you know, just listen to what you do or just like analyze what you do. Even if you can't, like I say record because you can't remember everything you played, dude. Like, yeah. unless you have like a, because at that point it wouldn't even be a photographic or photogenic memory or mm. not photogenic, but photographic memory. Because, you know, you would have to see you're something. Of, you're You'd have to straight impulses. Yeah, yeah. So it would be, um, it would be more of like, just listen to what you do, no matter what you do or analyze what you do, like record make a record of anything and then whatever you think you should approve upon approve upon it in that way and then i'm not saying don't listen to other output inputs right I i'm saying like for your ultimate development for your individuality listen to yourself and then if you want to learn how to do a certain thing better go to somebody who could give you good knowledge on that go listen to somebody who's better than you at that right it's like all very uh specific and precise knowledge that like really takes that change because uh you know at the higher levels of things changing is just one microscopic detail that could propel you to a new you know plane where it's like i didn't know that doing this one thing differently could essentially change how i looked at things but then again it's just like do what you want to do because that's like a thing that i do and i will continue to do that no matter what but it's like Whoever wants to do it, do it. But that's like my advice to the world. It's just, just like analyze what you do critically, right? And like you're gonna feel those feelings of rejection, but like lean into that shit. Le mm. Lean into the fact that like not only is your rejection you not being where you want to be, but a great friend of mine, John Cushing, trombone player, when I was at a session, I didn't like how I sounded. And he was like, just realize that you not being happy with how you sounded is nothing less than the advocation that you have these expectations for yourself that you're not meeting yet. And that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing where you're like, I have these phenomenal expectations for myself and I'm not meeting them. And that's accountability right there. Mm. That's you holding yourself accountable right there. And it's indirect accountability, right? Because you feel like shit, right? But you're also forced to get better because of how shitty you feel, right? So it's like, that that's my tangent on self-improvement. No, but, there's but, a... The, <laughs> Parker there's a quote, there's a coaching. quote, <laughs> <laughs> there's a quote that I, I read a couple of days ago, and uh, it was, let's see, who actually was it? I was like, are these earplugs? No, that's was, uh, We must all suffer from one of two pains, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Mm. And uh, I, think, I think the pain of discipline is uh, much more at the forefront of your existence because you're feeling it in the moment as you're propelling your life forward. Mm -hmm. But I think the the pain of, what was it, regret? regret. That, that's even worse, though, because woulda, coulda, shoulda is the worst decision. Like, can't it's do the anything worst, about it. Yeah. It's the worst corner to put yourself in because what do people do when they're in the corner? They attack, right? Yeah. And that could be said for animals, but also humans, man. Like, if you corner yourself in your brain, you're going to start attacking yourself. Yeah. You're going to be like, it's because I didn't do this or I should have did that. Dude. I've had so many scenarios in my life where it's like, I fucked up so bad. I wish I would have done this. But then it's like, but you didn't do that. 
And that's harsh. That sucks. But, like, I think if you tell yourself those things, it will hurt less and you'll be more prepared for it when other people tell you about it. Because if you're cool with your internal world, if people from your external world try to comment on your internal world and you know they're making a mistake on the judgment they're making, it doesn't really matter to you. Because you have enough knowledge on yourself for you to be like, I see what you're saying and I see what you're criticizing, but even if it's constructive, right? You take what you found useful from it, but don't dwell on that shit though. Because they're telling you that because they know you can do better. Where it's like, if if someone was like terrible at something and like you just kind of felt like you had to say like, wow man, that was good. And you felt like you weren't even in the position to give them advice to get better because you feel like it's that bad that anyone is not that secure in themselves, you won't give them that advice. But if you feel like someone is committed to the forward progress of themselves, you'll you'll be more inclined to give them advice on it because you know that they're working at it. So it's like, but once again, you know, going back to the session that I had and I was talking to my friend, a great friend of mine, drummer, Chris Perez, man, he was giving me advice and he was like, listen, dude, like, he was giving me all this great advice and then he was like, it's because you're committed to this that I'm giving you this advice. Because when he said it, I was like, fuck, dude. Like, fuck. But then I was like, how can I use this to propel my musicianship forward? You know? But, um, yeah, fucking self-improvement, dude. Like, <laughs> that's, like my, that's like my second tangent. But, like, that's like, you know, I, I really... Um, enjoy talking to people about this because it's like you know when do you get the the opportunity to have these sort of conversations in a world that's like so obsessed with the opposite of this yeah like yeah someone like, someone told me recently that is some it could be exhausting to be around me because i was always like looking to improve myself and looking to do better and looking to do better and looking to do better and i was like i don't know maybe but in my experience it's way more exhausting being stagnant. Yeah, dude. Yeah, because then think, you're you're just wallowing in whatever happens to be there. I, I think that um, the people that get exhausted around people that are constantly trying to better themselves are not necessarily ready to confront the opportunity that they could be doing better that they than they are doing at that moment. And like, Getting better and better. I, I don't think you right. should. I don't think you right should ever. Feel, right. I, I don't think you should ever okay. feel bad. For you know, and I'm not yeah, saying you I, are I don't, like yeah, good, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't dude, for sure. Don't. <laughs> but like, th- there was like this thing, man, where it's like, don't be afraid for like shining your light, dude, because like shining your light is a huge thing. Where like, if people feel bad for the light that you shine, that's just because they're not shining at that same level. And it's like, not that you're looking down on them, but you want to help them shine that light. Well, sure, and, and I'm no no one to say anything about that either. Listen, I, I you know, you can work to improve yourself and work to improve yourself and realize and then like fall all over yourself into a giant pit and have to start climbing your way out like yeah, you, know, dude, you can that's you can you know there's you know i've made plenty of terrible decisions and plenty of great decisions and i've you know tried to improve myself and it accidentally hurt people along the way and yeah, you know I, like it, it <laughs> you gotta it, there's a humility i think that comes with the people either yeah, with Actual self improvement isn't ego feeding. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. So, you know, I I really appreciate everything you're saying because I really identify with the like self progress thing where it's like you know you fuck up on the way but like you make these strides and 
I, I saw this fucking thing on a t-shirt, right? And, like, if it wasn't on a t-shirt, I would have been much more appreciative of it. <laughs> Even though I am super appreciative of it, it's like... Bad decisions, great stories. Where it's like, <laughs> nah, <laughs> is that the shit with the skulls? Bro? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I, like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw the message and I was like, you know what, dude? Like, not from the it's point. Like the skull. <laughs> not, not from the point where like you're bragging about the bad decisions where you made. Where it's like great insight. That's how I, uh, you know, um, approached it. That's how I perceived it. That's how I, you know, took from it. Where it was like, or observed from it. I don't like to take from things, dude. I like to appreciate them. But, like, um, yeah, it's just, like, uh, I've made so many bad decisions. Like, I have I spoke earlier a little bit. Like, I touched a little bit on it, but, like, I used to be a drug dealer. Like, mm. I've made plenty of terrible decisions being a drug dealer yeah. that I've had to reconcile with myself that I made those decisions and take accountability and essentially not to get super religious but like to talk to God about well, whatever denomination you may or may not believe in I yeah. just had to take it to that next level because I knew just talking to myself about it wasn't enough mm-hmm. where and I you know I do you know read the Bible here and there I, I am a little bit religious but I I'd like to think that you know, people think about these religious confines, but I think, like, if you're just living your best life and being your best self, I think that's what God or what your denomination would embrace you as. And so you, do, but, you really do need to read that that Victor Wooten book I was talking about. I will, I will yeah, it's, dude. A, it's, like a, it's really, it's almost like a, a book on spirituality, but it's like the channel of the spirituality is his bass playing. Yeah, dude. Yeah. See, I think that that's even more beautiful because, like, musical and spirituality are so close. Oh, yeah. They're almost like intertwined, dude. And like, I was just like, I'm super appreciative of like this experience, man. Cause like, this is super dope. What is it, a Monday? Uh, this is a Monday. It's a Monday, it's dude. Mondays like, with Mav. It is. Dude, Mondays it's a, it's with a, it's Mav. A, it's a Mav is, day. Is, it's a Mav day. It's a Mav day. It's like, I, I'm But it's such a creative tomorrow, energy, like, bro. It's really, it's dude, a whole this vibe is of like, creative energy that gets I'm like, going to listen to this man. podcast like fucking 10 times, dude. Bro, like, it's Mav like, fucking like, fun. Like, bro. It's, <laughs> dude, you have no idea, bro. I, I, like, I'm, I'm like weird because like, it's strange for me. Like, so I, I mainly take photography and uh, yeah. my phone is fucked up. This is really the, oh, this shit, is the, hold on, it's all good. The, the, like, the energy, so check this shit out. This might fuck shit up. So, uh, the, the audio recording's still going, the music stopped. So my phone is fucked up. Mm-hmm. I normally take, like, just photography photos of people, and I can't, the fucking, like, the lens, like, on this shit, it's not, like, if I can't actually make the photo. I, uh, I fucking, like, like, if I'm, if I don't have, like, my camera camera on me, that means I really can't even take the photo. It's, like, the, the lens is, like, swiveling, right? So then you have, like, this energy, right? So I'm, like, I'm kind of getting, like, I have no real processing, right? But the Mm. energy of the entire, like, I need to go make a photo or I have to do that, it, like, needed to catch somewhere. And, uh... I I've been thought thinking about afternoon for like fucking like I don't even know like a long time like April or it's, fucking whatever. It's phenomenal, dude. It's it, like no, from, dude. You know what's weird is like I still don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. But I, you're uh, see, like, but yeah, I, I want it isn't to be that on the so take. beautiful? That's the thing. Isn't that so beautiful though? Where it's like you're, you're just like you're. It's, 
You're going face first into something that's like, I have no fucking clue what this is, but it's so beautiful because you don't fucking know what you don't know, man. So it's like, it's, uh, and, uh yeah, man. Gets, it gets you places too. Yeah. And it's, like, uh, yeah. yeah. I, but I, I got to learn, like, I'm going into my fourth session today and fucking, uh, yeah, but dude, yeah, you just So jammed. this is the fourth episode? Or? No, this is, you're the third and now we're going to do Mondays with Matt, but I think we're opening up with the fucking with uh with just like a talk oh shit that yeah. would be that would, like a it's still bro it's every monday right? every monday here at prototype patterson bro we have dude i'd love to like i'd love Last to work Tuesday with you guys more, every man. month I'd we got uh i would really love to work with you guys oh play. dude fucking come by man this is what this is for have you have you been up to the fifth floor i was uh like an hour ago. You never, right? so you've I, never I, been a prototype before. Uh, this is my first time. Yeah, man. What? Yeah, Holy shit, like, bro! What a great first I experience. No, I, I have no, yeah, fucking. Uh, my For, context was like, I thought you like, yeah, all right, we're see, because your I, first I, time here, and yeah, now man, you're bring about people to jam. Here. Bring people here, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna How'd jump you, on the so opportunity. It's, so it's all, who, who, uh, who got you here? So it was um, Rashad and I did like something like a long time ago, like last summer, like two summers ago, right? Where? And we haven't really spoken much at all, right? We're just like on Instagram with each other, right? Yeah. And I started seeing like his space, like prototype, seeing events around and like, then like we got into contact and it was like, oh shit, like this is here. Like this is super cool, man. Dude. And it's almost like, you know, like insane, man. Like, like... Cause now I'm doing shit like in Patterson, which was like before I didn't know that there was like this thing in Patterson, and now I'm doing shit in Jersey City where it's like, what's like this mega project that I could have that has both of those scenes, and it's literally just like what you guys said is like doing a show at Prototype, cause like that's all my Jersey City and Patterson together, dude. Yeah. Cause yeah. like the bass player, my best friend, one of my best friends is from Patterson. One of my other best friends, the drummer, is from fucking Jersey City, grew up, born and raised. And the guitar player is, like, from, like I said, West Bubble Fuck. Sorry, Gus. But, um, <laughs> just, like, I don't know where it is. I Like, I, I think Plainfield or something. Like, uh, But, um, it's just, like, just, like, this fucking immersive experience of, like, all these different artists that just, like, really encourages and inspires me, man. Because I was talking to uh, John. John, I'm sorry if I... No, you yeah. got it. You got it. But um, I, I was talking to him about being, like, in this fucking rut, dude. And it was, like, because I went on, like, what I thought... Like, what was a date, in my opinion? Like, what we agreed upon was a date, right? And, like, it ended up fizzling out, which is cool, right? Yeah, sure. That's cool, right? It wasn't about the experience with the, with said woman, right? It was just about the opportunity with of love to approach my life and then leaving my life. Which was like, had me like pretty heavy for like a few days, right? Yeah. And then I started playing some music and I started really like working on music. Cause playing music is different, but like working on it is like you're producing something into the world. And then I was like, oh shit, I'm back, baby. Like, I'm back. Like, and now I'm doing this podcast like right now and like I'm gonna go jam and it's like, I'm like, I'm back because like I need to keep myself around my craft in order to remain happy and some may say like isn't that like kind of like a hostage situation i don't fucking think it is because like you could produce that opportunity for yourself and then it's not a hostage situation sure where it's like oh, okay like i would love to play with other people and i know that other people would love to play with me because people love to play with people dude so it's like let's do it let's just do it like let's do it let's embrace it like let's 
you know, let's just fucking do it, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are we like going crazy on time right now? A little bit, yeah. Okay, it's yeah, all so, good. <laughs> like, because I, I was, I was in, bro. I'm not gonna cut you up. <laughs> It seems like this is a You're cool like place. You're like 20 minutes over, but it's all good. Oh, no, shit, dude. No, no, it's totally fine. Is it going to get cut or is it going to get no, published? No, you're chilling. You're chilling. This is all one take, bro. Okay, cool. It's so, a little bit, like, uh, this is a great time to, like, probably end it now, right? Yeah, I, no, no, no. I, I, no, it's, you got a lot to say, bro. I did, it's yeah. It's true. It's I true. love it. I love yeah, it. Just catch me. As long uh, as you keep going, bro. I don't, catch I don't me on mind. Instagram. It's normally, like, yeah. We got catch catch me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, catch me on Instagram. P-G-O-D one like i hate the name but it's my name on instagram right the first god you know you know uh someone i was talking to recently who's really wise said if there's something you don't like in your life you can change it yeah i could yeah (laughs) you're right dude yeah you're (laughs) he got one ladies and gentlemen that was great dude afternoon fm yeah dude afternoon john Colin. thank you for having me thank you for having me man